This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, my cat-loving friends, we have a super important podcast for you today. I want to ask you a question. What are your plans if something happens to you for your pets? We have Melissa Church, Esquire, our favorite attorney here to walk us through what we need to know. This is super important. We'll be right back after this break from our sponsor. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall. Here with my ever-lovely BFF, Rita Reimers. Ugh, this is a perfect time to talk about planning, right? It really is. It really is. And we love Melissa. Yep. Everybody love knows who listens to us that I have a term life insurance policy that will go to Linda to take care of my cats should anything happen to me. But there are things I haven't thought of that Melissa actually sent us a little note about. So we yeah. want to talk to her about everything yes. you need to take into consideration. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. We know how cramped your schedule is. We really appreciate you doing this because it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Anything that I can do to talk to pet lovers to sort of have them talk through the unthinkable is more than my pleasure to be able to do it. And you're, you're kind to say the holiday season does it because, you know, yeah, nothing so nothing so brings you to the holiday season quite like talking about death. I know, right? <laughs> well, it's something that people have to think about. It's hard. Even it's like true. with my parents, they want to tell me things. Yeah. I'm like, no, just show me where the box I need to know. I'll 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 and do I'll it then. It, but. but really, it's not the way to go. You need to be prepared. Linda, you inherited some cats already. Tell us the story and then Melissa can chime in and tell us what could have been done better. Yeah. My daughter and son-in-law had four cats, which I'm very thankful because they used to have more. So I'm very grateful it was only four. Unfortunately, my son-in-law got COVID in 2020 and we lost him after 26 days on a vent in a coma. And my daughter had to move back home with her four cats because she really couldn't afford to handle it on her own. So it was, you know, the extra money of feeding and caring for them. She helps, but not a ton. And integrating them into the home. And it's it's a lot. I was actually thinking about Marley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I Sebastian was 38 when he passed. My second husband, Dan, died when he was 41. You know, stuff happened. Melissa, your partner in the firm got cancer and we lost Audrey. And, That's you know, awful. and you've got some of the cat. I'm sorry. I don't, don't what really ha- start the What happened, though, when you brought in that other cat that you had to get the cat? You called the vet. We were just talking about it. Oh, you had yeah. to call the well, vet. The vet wouldn't let you. Do you know? Oh, yeah. That's the um, one I'm talking about. So, 
to even take it back up further than that. So she was a cancer survivor. She'd had cancer and had been cancer free for 10 years and was cleared, screened. Everything was great, except for two months later when they told her she had stage four metastatic and she had no plans in place. And we do estate planning. So I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, we're a pack of hypocrites, aren't we? Look at us. We've got nothing in place here. The cobbler's kids have no shoes. So that is the thing that is always, yes. She had three cats and um, they were her babies and she loved them and I knew them too. And um, so once we got her through that first round of things being bad with cancer and things leveled off, I sat down with her and said, we need a plan for your three. We do. She had Ruby, Cashmere and Scooter. And I'm like, we need the three. So we talked and talked and talked. And she's like, well, Cashmere and Scooter need to be together. Ruby can't go with them. She doesn't like the boys. So I'm like, okay. So we need to find one person to take Cashmere and Scooter. And then somebody will take Ruby. And I said, I'll take Ruby because I have predominantly girl cats. We have two girls and a boy. We had two girls and a boy at the time. I thought it'll be okay. So she took the, and her brother agreed to take the two boys. So great. We've got this plan in place. We roll on through the year and Audrey's mom who feeds a pack of cats outside her house is no longer able to live at home. So Audrey, as her condition's going downhill, decides last December to go and rescue three more cats that we have no plan for. (laughs) And going downhill. And I'm like, Audrey, we need to get a plan. It'll be Rita on her deathbed. Rita will be taking in cats that are about to be euthanized. With I will. Alarms I, I'm beeping, sure of it. Yeah. Things in her yeah. arm and she'll be like, they're going to euthanize. I keep saying get it. no more. But actually, when I was at the vet this week, I didn't even tell you this, Linda. And I was talking to one of the techs I know really well. She was talking about how they've been finding cats and kittens outside their door. And I said, well, I don't want to take in any more. But if you have a senior and, you know, there's nowhere to go with her, I'll take her. So, yeah. When I took Ruby, I didn't, so, you know, Audrey did pass and I took Ruby. We managed to find homes for the three stragglers, except for one who's our office cat. So he's here now. That worked out. But um, just even getting her vet records, I had no idea how old she was. I didn't know anything about that. I kind of pieced together where she took her to the vet because Audrey didn't tell me. And I had to ask my friends and family. So I contacted the vet. And they said, well, we're not going to release anything to you because we don't know that the custody of the pet is transferred. So, you know, being the estate attorney, handling her estate, I'm like, all right, let me send you the death certificate, you know, and I sent it over to them and they promptly sent me for the records and I got them for her brother too, for the other two. But yeah, that was one of the things I was like, just first off, just make a plan. And even thinking about if you've got multiple cats, should they go together or should they be separated, you know? Are they grumpy roommates or are they bonded? And that's the kind of stuff that you have to think through and then revisit it. We did not revisit that plan when her brood changed and we didn't revisit it until way too late. So it was a stressful panicking thing. Make sure that after you identify your caretakers, make sure they know who the vet is, any food preferences, any personality quirks. Ruby has a thing for eating string and ribbon. And I remembered when she did this, she ate a bunch. And so oh, yeah, that's not surgery. good. Yeah. And I surgery. Sew, so it was good to know that about her because everything gets put away very neatly. I don't leave any dangling anything around if Ruby's around. That's a really good point. So I want to, as Rita said, she's had a plan going. So you sent us 10 points. We're going to yes. judge Rita. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> But wait, first, I wanted you to talk about when mom Fulton passed. Yeah. Tried to take the cat to the vet. That's what I'm trying to do. I had some dear friends. Yeah. And he passed from cancer. They, and then she, while he was still sick, she 
found out she had lung cancer, two totally different kinds. And I mean, yeah, a mess. So I just adored her. And I used to be a nurse aide for hospice. So I started hanging out with her and helping take care of her. And after she passed, she had two cats, Molly and JC, and they were going to my daughter. And I called her vet's office and said, you know, we need the records. We'll be transferring it to our vet. Well, I can only speak with the owner. Then hire a psychic because (laughs) she's not here. She's passed. I was not. I apologize to those people because I was not at my best. And I probably was not the sweetest. Well, that's that's something even I haven't thought about. And when we go through the 10, I fail at that. I never thought about telling my veterinarian. So number one, make a plan for your pets. Detailed, like, are they going to be placed together separately? So we're giving Rita a point for that. She's got one out of 10 so far. And then revisit regularly and change if needed. I mean, we've discussed it on occasion, but I don't know that we've really properly revisited it. Probably not. I mean, you don't know which cats go together and which cats need who eats what. You don't, I'd have not That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's something that I saw when I looked on there. So Yeah. And then, you know, communicating with your caregiver, it's really easy to say, right? Like, oh, well, Susie will take my cats. Does Susie know? Because exactly. Yeah, that's important. You kind of have to tell people, yeah, I've talked to you. Just because you know a cat lover does not mean they're going to be in a position to take your cats. Right. Well, poor Linda, she's got 12 and if she takes in my 15, wow. I'll have 27 cats. 27 cats. (laughs) And then they're in charge at that point. I mean, they already are. Come on now. (laughs) So Rita's got three out of 10 so far. Ensure your designated caretaker can access your house to care for the pets during an illness. You have a key. Or after your death. I do have a key. Linda's my designated. You have a key. Yes, I do have a key. My parents have a key too. But I'll tell you, that's a very good point. When we were, had the cat sitting business, Samus, we love our Samus. Samus had a stroke. Our sitter. And God bless her. She had the presence of mind. She calls or texts or something and says, I'm on my way to the hospital. I have the keys to these people's homes. I don't know how. She she literally, one side was completely paralyzed. And she put the cats first. God bless her. So yeah, afterthought, not so great, right? How are we getting in? What are we going to do? Especially if you're sick, right? It's not just death. It's illness. I'm sure you had to help Audrey quite a bit. And I had a key. And that was helpful because she she couldn't scoop the cat boxes due to cancer. So yeah. I scooped the boxes. And so we got a, three or four of us together and we took a rotation on who would scoop boxes on what day. And we would go in and we would scoop the boxes because those cats are everything to her. And, you know, she needed to have them around. And it just that to me was just like, OK, this is a non-starter. But this has come up in practice where I've had people contact me. Somebody they know is a friend. It's not family. A friend or somebody died. They knew there were pets in the house and they had no idea if anybody was going to be able to go over there and take care of the pets. And that becomes an emergency situation. Yeah. And nothing goes fast in probate court. It just doesn't. So if you have to go to the probate court and ask them for permission to be able to get access, it could be a bad situation. So, you know, it ended up being kind of a, well, do you know someone who has a key? Well, yeah. Am I allowed to go in there? And I was like, no, but go in there because those animals who's taking care of them. I mean, you want to get, there's a couple of dogs. I was like, you need to get those dogs and a fi on anybody else who tries to come at you for it, you know, get the dogs. And so she did, and it wasn't a problem, but it was one of those things that I put in my tip book where I was like, okay, if you have pets and you love your pets, just make sure somebody else can get into the house and, and take care of them in a jam, you know, just so that, you know, that if something did happen, they could get in there and at least get the pets, you know, cats or dogs somewhere safe. 
want to have food and water and everything that they need and that type of stuff. Well, more than once, yeah, more than once we were called by people in the hospital or in the ER who weren't expecting to need care. And sometimes if they were in an accident or something, they weren't coherent or conscious or were at least drugged out of their minds. And it's the next day and they wake up and go, my cat. And the one had a special needs cat that could not walk correctly and could not get in the litter box. It was using pee pads. And I mean, it was a thing, right? Yeah. What are we going to do? And then I think communicating that because we had a client that adopted a cat. We always ask if they know the backstory. Yeah. The shelter said their human died. And so the landlord just tossed them out of the apartment and threw them outside. It happens a lot. I was devastated. So make sure your landlord knows someone will come. Here's the number to call, right? Like, yeah, make sure all the parties know. Oh, one of our clients in LA passed away from cancer, Linda Geffner. Linda Geffen. And she had two cats. And I knew she wanted those cats. I knew who she wanted them to go to, but none of her friends knew by that time I was living here. So I had to call one of my sitters and tell her, run over there, get the cats. This is where they go. Otherwise, they would have ended up in the shelter. So you really have to communicate to everyone in your life. What are your wishes for your cats? Rita got a call from a shelter one day. Human died. Two 15-year-old Norwegian forest cats. Brother and sister, fifteen and Missy. Scooter and Missy. Scooter has since passed. Missy's still around at seventeen now. But they said we are not going to euthanize the cats. However, they're dying. They're so upset and so stressed. And it creates together. And these are big cats. Yeah, they're Norwegian forest cats, and they're grieving. I can tell you from Sebastian's loss, these cats grieve for a long time. I mean, just what a mess. And I just. That human, there is no way she ever imagined those cats going and ending up like that. Never. Yeah. Number five. They do grieve. Yeah. They do. Oh, they they do. do. Oh. They grieve horribly. I mean. If you can get a piece of clothing or something from their owner. I got one of Audrey's sweaters and that's still one of Ruby's favorite things. And we put it in her snuggle safety spot in, in her room because she has a room and, and on, on the bed there. And it comforts her. She gets up there and she makes biscuits on it and everything like that. And just get something that has their smell because they're so oriented. We tell people to do that when they go on vacation. If they're going away for the night or something, put a shirt out. So that makes perfect sense. I just didn't really thought about it. But yeah. Oh. Melissa, did you have trouble handling any of her cats? I mean, if you're going to be taking over care, you need to make sure that person can handle your cats, right? Yes. And we, and you dogs. know, they were, we were, we were very well familiar with each other, you know, because I'd been over her house a lot anyways, but then, you know, the last year of her life, I was over there scooping the boxes several days. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband joked around and said, Ruby knows me as Miss Litterman and that he's Mr. Litterman as my husband. And, um, you know, because that's, she, I was always scooping her box, but she knew me, she that's knew, good. and the boys knew her brother. So everybody was good. We didn't really have any trouble with, um, you know, everybody was rather familiar with, with, who's who's taking care so that was real that was good good yeah that helps the cats too if it's somebody (laughs) they know definitely we say that you know when we're moving home we tell people if they're moving homes look i get it your cat's bowl is ratty and you're buying a new house so you really want a nice new cat bowl but you're not allowed until you've been there for a little while because your cat needs all these familiar things so yeah knowing to bring all of those things Okay, number five, share your plans with the vet. So I I have not done that. I never thought of that. Yes, honestly. Yeah, Rita was like, Dr. Glenn knows you, knows you're my business partner. I don't think it would be a problem, but other people, you have that issue trying to go to the vet with Marley. Melissa had the issue and she's an attorney. Yeah. So, I mean, 
You don't argue with attorneys, people. But <laughs> well, I'm a pretty normal person and I don't usually swing it around, you know, but when that vet got attitude with me, I was like, okay, here comes attorney me. Break it out. Yes, you exactly. Know. Yeah. For your information, she's my <laughs> law partner and here is the, here is the personal representative who I have copied on this email who has two of her cats as well. Please provide the information forthwith. And if you need any other, I mean, it just was like, I don't, like I said, I don't get All like jargon that. and yes. And I know, well, under I the got circumstances like and, and that's what I said when Sharon died, it wasn't just that I had to go through this and it was frustrating and I'm worried about the cats, but the woman just died in the living room with me standing there. I mean, I was kind of messed up, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's emotional, totally emotional for for the caretaker, uh, the person taking over care of the animals and for the animals themselves. I do know. Wanna, I, do you want do me to wanna get those last few questions before we had? Well, I was going to say we, we hit five. So if you want to take oh. a break and then we go, we could do it. <laughs> yeah, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. I'll continue answering my test questions. Rita, are you spending too much time cleaning out your cat litter boxes? And filling them, are they running out too soon? Do you always feel like you need to add more? Because you know our new sponsor, Kitty Poo Club, they found the perfect solution to these problems. Yeah, Kitty Poo Club is the most convenient monthly litter box ever. See, what they do is every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, recyclable litter box. And it's already pre-filled with the litter you choose. They even have extra large litter boxes, because I have some chunky cats, right? We know other people do too. And when the month is up, just recycle the used litter box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically send you a new one. You can customize your subscription too and maybe add some toys, treats, accessories, or whatever else might make your cat happy. Oh yeah, and you know what else? You don't have to scrub out those plastic litter boxes either. I hate doing that. You got me at no more scrubbing litter boxes, right? honey. The super cool thing right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering 25% off on the first litter box order as long as they use the code 19CATS. And they get free shipping if they set up a subscription. Wow. They just have to go to kittypooclub.com to get 25% off the first auto ship order of litter boxes with free shipping. And be sure to use 19CATS for your discount at checkout. That's kittypooclub.com. Meow. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting with the awesome Melissa Church. She's an attorney, an estate planning attorney, so here to talk to us about planning for our cats and dogs, should the worst happen to us. I've been given a test of 10 questions. So far, you've scored four out of five. You're not yes. doing too bad. He's doing I'll very good. Credit. Yes. Pretty good. Yeah. 90%. Number six, an instruction sheet with each pet's preferences and needs. You know, I don't have that anymore now that we don't pet sit. I had it all in our Pet Sitter Plus program. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I failed that one. Well, and me, you know, granted, I'd probably go to one of my family members, something we've discussed, but like kismet is FIV. He's lost most of his teeth. He can't eat dry food. I mean, somebody would just take him in and be like, you know, guess the cat's eating. No, the cat's not Plus, eating. Cat when I took too. in Scooter and Missy, you know, I didn't know. What do they eat? What do they like? What is their personality? Do they even like each other? Turns out, no, they didn't like each other very much. <laughs> Typical siblings. 
<laughs> oh, and then I think medications, if they're on medications, if they have tendencies, we've got an older, we've got an older guy who's, he goes into what I call like his Gandhi-esque hunter, hunger strikes every now and then. And he would just, you know, decide not to eat. He's a rag doll. He's beautiful, but he just like stops eating. And um, we keep a gel on hand to put on his ear that will, will spur his appetite. And he's also a finger licking fiend, all chicken all the time. And he will eat chicken or turkey when he won't eat anything else. So it's like we do the mirror, we do the mirror taz and then we're like, okay, poultry. And nobody would know that, you know, exactly. A cat who doesn't eat can, well, cannot live for very long. Within two days, they can start going into liver problems. Two days. That's not a lot. And what it was before, I think I joined um, just for cats. We had the pet sitting company, but we were very insistent that our sitters check in with the people to make sure that they are home. Yeah. And you know where I'm going with this one. Guy didn't come home, didn't come home. Committed suicide. He committed suicide. But had we stopped going, the, the cat would have been alone and starving and maybe dead. Yeah, because his wife was off somewhere else. I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, well, his wife, she was, gotta gr- be they, were in Car- they were in Carmel. She was grieving. I mean, her husband, they hadn't even been married a year. Last thing on her mind was the cat. So her relatives think this, that we kept going. But I'm sure they had no contingency plan in place or young people. Who exactly. thinks of that? Somebody needs to check in and make sure. Yeah, exactly. It's scary. And we get a lot of these cats in the shelters. And if I can just stop and make a plead, so many people claim the cats are strays so they can avoid paying the rehoming fee. That's true. And it leaves us with no information. If we know what this cat has been through, how this cat has lived, who the cat has lived with, blah, 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 we can so much better understand the cat. If we get the backstory, we're often like light bulbs over our head, like cartoons going, ah, oh, that's it. Okay. So how many people, how many cats and dogs, their owners died during COVID, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many deaths during COVID I I kept? For sure. (laughs) For sure. So, yes. Okay. Number seven, consider a pet trust. I want to know what that is because I don't have one. Tell us about that, Melissa. Sure. It is literally... A testamentary trust, which means it's a trust that comes a lot. It gets funded and comes alive when your will is probated. You can do a standalone one too, but most people prefer a testamentary one. And it's a section in your will. And it says, I'm designating this much money, or I'm designating a percentage of my residuary or something for the pet trust. And usually the caretaker is the trustee, but not always. Some people are good with animals, bad with money. Right. Um, it, it's really cut. I mean, but then you have some folks that are, you know, like, okay, I want the caretaker to have the money. I totally trust them. And I kind of want to compensate them for taking on the animals. So it just sets out the basis of, you know, things that you want to be sure are done for the pet. That's where you can kind of lay in some custom things about what the, what the criteria is and what you want them to do. And then you have to think about, okay, when my last cat or pet dies, that money goes where? Does the trustee get to keep it? Does it go to your heir? Does your heirs have anything left over? You know, it just depends. I don't have that in place with so I would I would take my life insurance policy and leave it to the trust. That's right. Instead, and I'd have to figure out what happens if there's no cats left when I die. And if there is I never thought of that. This would be only if there are there are cats there when you die. If if there weren't and that trust did not need to come into being, and then it would go into the catch-all, which is the residue of your estate. I had one client who um, did rescue for a very a specific breed of dogs, and it was kind of her passion. She left 
the house to the person who's going to be the caretaker, but only if they were the caretaker of the dogs. And then if the dogs, you know, so he could live there, take because she had kennels set up and everything else. And so that he could stay there, take care of the dogs. And when the last dog died, you know, he got the deed of the house or, you know, it went to the rest of her heirs. I can't remember which way it was, but I remember that that being the term of it. And it was just a section in her trust and her will. So it's just a section. If you do that, what you would, if you did want to leave an insurance policy or um, a retirement account or something like that, you would want to do a beneficiary change after you signed your documents. And you would want to send a copy just of that, of the document to, you probably have to attach that with the form to show them, okay, here it is. It exists. Because sometimes insurance and retirement folks, they're used to living trusts, which are different. Those you create them and you fund them while you're alive. Testamentary trust doesn't happen until you die. So it's a little bit different beast. You have to tell them, look at section such and such in my will. And then there it is. And they'll, they'll see it exists. Yeah. Well, I got to put a pin in that. Sounds like something. Yeah. I mean, if Rita had one or two cats, I'd be like, honey, don't pay for an insurance policy. Keep it. I got this. But we know, as I said, Sharon died. Nikki got JC and Molly. JC immediately had a problem with his eye and required surgery right. on his third oh eyelid. God. Strangely, the surgery didn't work. That was a gross thing. He like herniated. It was really nasty. Anyway, surgery number two. They were both seniors. I mean, just food and litter. You know, my daughter was a, you know, probably minimum wage at the time, yada, yada, one bedroom apartment kind of thing. It was tough. And fortunately, her family helped with a lot of the things. But yeah, it was like, I never thought about that. Not only who's going to take care of my cat, but can they afford to take care of my cat in the way I'd like them to be? You know, are they going to go to the cheapest? You have trouble or, you brewing know, behind I know, you. I'm just grabbing something to do a toss because somebody's irritating <laughs> someone. <right. laughs> of course, it's Deadpool. Of course, uh, it's Deadpool. The brothers. It's always Deadpool. Yes. Yes. So, so Melissa, I only have a term life insurance policy. I don't have whole life. So... It may be up before I'll probably still have cats when it's up. So what would you recommend that uh, would you recommend I just renew the term or is whole life really the way to go to protect your pets? I think it, it it's really whatever suits you with what you have. You know, you just want to make sure you have something in place, be it term or whole life or a bank account. You could have a bank account that gets paid over there. If you had a savings account or retirement I have account. a pathetic bank account, but yes, I have one. <laughs> But, you know, any, I mean, really any asset, any asset at all. Um, but even if you don't have the money to fund a pet trust or to do something like that, you, you do want to think about, okay, I want my pets to go to so-and-so, or I want my personal representative to do this. If you, even just something as simple as designating that if you can't find a place for them, they go to a no-kill shelter. Having that in place in oh there gosh, makes yes. it very clear that even if you can't take them, you've got to find a no-kill shelter situation or a foster situation or something like that That's for them. A really so good point. A, they don't feel like they've just got free range to just, you know, take them to the, you know, and dump them. As many family members do, sadly. Not everybody yeah. gets our feelings for our pets. No. Um, number eight is be realistic. Well, okay. Ideally, you might have three cats that can go together. But the likelihood of that happening may not be so because two of them might be special needs and the financial burden might be too much on somebody. Sure. That makes sense. I said it so that ideally A, but if not that, then B is acceptable. Right. You know right. what I mean? So that like, okay, but if they have to be split apart to have an acceptable home where somebody can take care of the special needs or, you know, anything like that, then understand that you're doing the best you can for your pets and you may not be able you may not be able to create the ideal situation i guess in other words 
don't let a concern that you can't do the ideal keep you from doing anything at all. I gotcha. Thank you. There's a lot of guilt, you know, JC and Molly did not live a long, long time. Maybe, I don't know, one of them passed within probably six months and the other one, maybe a year later. And the guilt my daughter felt for not, she was kind of our adopted family member. And so she called her Nana and it's like, I let Nana down, right? I did not, the cats die. I mean, there's a lot of guilt that comes with it. So the more you can appease on that, you know, you know, I promised Rita on her deathbed that I'm going to take care of her cats. I'm not dead yet, honey. I'm going to (laughs) die myself. No, I mean, if I... I will die myself if I have to rehome a cat, right? So it's nice to have yeah, those. But, but if yeah, they're cats older, you kind of have to know that uh, with the grief on top of that and the change of care, it might expedite their, their death, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I do think that was part of it. Yeah, exactly. So before agreeing to be the caretaker yourself, think about your existing pet family and needs. This is for Linda. So yeah, think about your existing pet family before you take on my Yes. Once again, if Rita had one or two cats, it would be easy peasy, lemon squeezy, but she's got 15. So yes, I've thought about it. I know it's not going to be a smooth transition. I mean, I integrated four and seven and thought that was a big deal. Now let's try 15 and 12. You got to just hope I don't have my parents' dogs by then because they have five dogs. Did you just see me with five dogs? Deal breaker, deal breaker, deal breaker. No, I'm just kidding. But But yeah, I can't even begin to imagine the guilt I would feel if I had promised her this. And then I had to rehome. Well, Melissa, you're going through it right now, right? You had your own pets. I am because we, we love Ruby. But as we have unfortunately learned, her issues with her brothers seem to be just issues with other cats. She loves people. She loves children. All we can figure, and we have tried a lot. I mean, we have been trying, you know, we tried numerous products to calm people down. We've tried all variety of introduction techniques. We tried calming treats. Yeah, we we did a session with you and still. Yeah, and she's, she's super smart. She is a very smart cat, but we just think she hates her own kind. We think she's a cat who thinks she's the person and she really does not like cats. Right, really exactly. People. And so I'm trying very hard to find a home for her where she can be an only cat. I think her ideal situation would be her and some people and that's it. And it's challenging because most people who love animals have already have an animal, you know? That's true. So, you know, I, so right now, Ruby, unfortunately, is isolated in a very large spare bedroom. Don't think she's being cordoned off anything, but... Audrey, yes. I mean, Audrey called it the, the five-star hotel for cats because she, we had to take care of another cat before she passed away. So I know she would approve of the surroundings, but we had to do it because Ruby be out and I could count to 10. Like if I, if she put her up and she gets in a fight and let her out, I count, I can count to 10 and there's an explosion and, and it's Ruby. It's Ruby with somebody. I know I offered, but I have 15 cats, so I'm like the last resort, but we'll help network her on. Yes, yes. Anybody listening? Yes. We have a pariah cat who had, after several months of this, the child had taken to living on top of the fridge. She's not moved because she's the particular target of Ruby. And that's not fair to her. And 100%. You know, and it just is like, she has no quality of life because she's just terrified. And she jumped down off the fridge and it'd be like, Furtive run to the cat box, furtive run to food, and then back up on the fridge. And he, she's just looking over her shoulder for Ruby. And it's like, that's no. so Ruby's a lot of Ruby. stress for them, too. Yeah, it's Ruby's a in lot. her apartment. And uh, Mary has descended from the fridge. 
and is now <laughs> no longer scurrying around because oh. she's afraid Ruby's going to come up on her. Yes. Yeah. And you do, you have to think about not only the cats you're bringing in. So this was a mistake we made when my son-in-law passed. And of course we're taking my daughter's cats in They're They're their children. I mean, you lost your husband. I'm not making you get rid of your cats, but our focus was on her cats, right? They're in a new home with new animals. Three of them had never seen a dog before. Mind you, it's a chihuahua and she thinks she's a cat. She literally pooped in the litter box a few days ago. And I know, we were right? all like, but here, Linda, here's the mistake that you, you made. And I've made this mistake too. You assumed your cat's behavior wasn't going to change, but guess what? It did. Had I put conscious thought into it, I would have realized that, but I was just focusing on Nikki's cats, right? And yeah, my kismet got so afraid, similarly to Mary, kismet was rescued from a feral colony, was not feral, was beat to snot, was FIV positive. So I adopted him from the Carolinas, a volunteer flew him to me, and he got a little PTSD when those four cats came in and he was hanging out on the kitchen counter. And then somebody started peeing on the counter and the stove. (laughs) And I naturally assumed it was my daughter's cats because my cats would never. But guess what? It was Kismet. My husband caught him clean in the act and I was in shock, but he was so scared. He was too scared to get down. So, I mean, we fixed it. But yeah, you got to think about the person's cats you're taking in. And then you have to think about the effect that'll have on your cats. And again, Melissa, you're living this right now. Oh yeah, Mary started. Mary, uh, my husband found Mary peeing in the kitchen sink because she was too afraid to go to the bathroom. Exactly, and, um, and that's you know exactly. that was that was kind of it. We were you know we said we really we really really need to do everything we can. So I'm working with a no kill shelter to list her as available for adoption, but we're going to keep her you know as foster because sure. again the hating other cats that would just be a disaster if she had to go be in a place with other cats because she just she'd be Ruby and. It just was not, it just will not work. But yeah, it's, I wish we wished we had thought it through a little bit more, but you know, like I said, I stupidly assumed, oh, she doesn't like boys. It'll be okay. Yes. It's no, I knew though. I, I think you would have still done what you did, but maybe, um, maybe do it. You might've done a little differently or started trying to find a home for Ruby home from for the beginning from the instead yeah. of trying to sh- shove two pieces of the puzzle together that don't quite fit. Exactly. So, all right, number 10, establish and communicate your backup plan. I have no placement with the care caretaker falls through. I fail that one. So So what did I get? Like six out of 10 then? You got six out of 10. Yeah. So, you know, it's not good. The pet trust is extra credit. So let's say she got six out of nine. Nine. Okay. That puts her in a better score. All right. We'll take it. The pet trust is extra credit. So yeah. no, okay. not everybody needs all a right. pet trust. Well, exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, see, you've illuminated some things. I thought I was all prepared and you've shown me I'm really not. So the average person is probably even less prepared than I am. Which is why we so badly wanted to do this, because these are things we don't think of until we're in it. And then we're in trouble, right? You know, and yeah, I really haven't thought of it. I mean, if I predecease my husband, of course, he'll take care of the cats. And then I've got a daughter and son who are in love with the cats. But my son's talking about maybe going into the Navy next year. So I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. What if something happens to that person, right? Yeah. So communication and planning is really and contact a good lawyer to help you draw up that uh, that pet trust. All I can say is be, be easy on yourself. The One of the reasons why we didn't try to rehome group Ruby sooner than later was because of my guilt of feeling like I was letting Audrey down by not being able to keep her and everything. And um, it was honestly her brother 
So I was talking to him about it because he was saying the guys were leveling in. I'm like, yeah, it's getting it's seven, eight months and we're not settling in. And he said, you know, she wants what was best for the cats, even your cats. I mean, yes. And I was like, yeah, you're totally right. She would. And it's, and I knew he was right. I mean, like, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm just adopting this guilt as part of my own grief process, which you need to consider when you're taking people in like, you know, like Linda did, because the guilt, your guilt factors into it too, because you're grieving as well. And you're dealing with this person you love being, not being here anymore. And, you know, you sort of, it, it all sort of gets balled into something and you kind of have to separate the two because they really are two different issues and you can honor their memory. You can honor men or the memory the best by making sure that their fur babies have a place that best suits them, whether it's with you or with somebody else. Sure. I mean, here we're talking about the stress on the pets, the stress on the human too, the human involved. Oh, no kidding. You're only capable of doing so much, right? I mean, Linda, 27 cats. Who knows? That might be too much for you. I'd say it's probably well, going to be too much. Hopefully I have family with me to help, but that's but what we're I'm going not, on, honey. I'm not you're dying. You're not dying. So. Yes, you're not dying. But yeah. we good. Melissa, would you mind if we posted this PDF you sent us on our website so people can refer to it? Please do. I mean, I'm I'm big on lists and organizing and things like that. It just it helps me organize my thoughts. So I would be glad to. And if anybody wanted to contact me, just please do um, mention that you saw it on the podcast. And so I know, you know, kind of um, from, you know, from when she came and, and we will give you a discount gladly if you do contact us. I want people to get this stuff done. I don't want, you know, yes, I'm running a business, but I don't want money to be a burden. So um, I, I give friends discounts. So just you have the best heart, Melissa. You're we in the you're in the you. Carolinas. You're in South Carolina. What website can they go to if they want to contact you for estate planning? MelissaChurchLaw.com. Melissa Church, and it's M A L Melissa, not M E L Melissa. And if somebody is not in South Carolina, I know people in North Carolina, and then I also am connected through the American Bar Association, so I'm connected Wonderful. nationally with Wonderful. the Elder Law and Trusted Estate Group. And it's very common for people to post things of needing an attorney in a particular area around the country to do this or that and and can get some quality referrals. So I'm more than happy to also reach out that way. I, I do that on purpose because it's just it keeps you better to know people around the country. No kidding. And well, I appreciate, appreciate that. that. I've yes. done no estate planning whatsoever. Of course, I don't have much of an estate, but uh, yeah, I will definitely be needing your services. What you got, you need to know where it goes. We found out with Sebastian. I mean, nobody planned on him dying three days after turning 38. And what we had to go through with the courts and the filing, and honestly, we didn't even do anything with it for a long time. We're just finishing it up now, and he's been gone two years in August because we Don't had to go, that. we had to get an attorney and we had to file papers. And there wasn't much of an estate, but he had some money in a bank account that with the fees were coming out and and we needed to close it up. So nobody wants to put that burden on your shoulders while you're grieving the loss of someone you loved. It's, you know, plan, plan, plan. And I love a good list because I make little check marks. I get such satisfaction at checking something off that I've done. I'll be working on my weak spots. And uh, we got lucky meeting you, Melissa. We were recommended to you when we were forming our 501c3. And your knowledge and help has been invaluable to CapHaverAlliance. The person we talked to just, just mentioned that we wanted to do this and was like, Melissa Church, the cat lover, she'll get it. And that's important because, you know, if if you don't understand and have that kind of relationship with a pet, you might miss a few spots of thinking about things. So, yeah, 
You are definitely a treasure and we appreciate you so, 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 so much. And we're going to learn. Oh, thank you. We're going to learn a lot from this and our followers. And we're just so glad you did this. And we'll continue to help you network Ruby to find her the perfect, perfect home. Perfect home. Thank you so much for for being on our show. Oh, it's much appreciated. We, We welcome you back anytime. I urge people to go to Melissa Church law.com ma and uh, contact melissa if if you need some help or you have some questions and uh, if she's not in your state like she said she'll network and help help you you find someone and linda thank you for being my ride or die as usual and of course it goes almost without saying but we say it every time we thank mark winter for letting us house our show on Pet Life Radio. And he always makes us sound so good, even when we have crappy microphones. <laughs> but they're better now. We got new ones. Yay! <laughs> and just remember, everyone, every day is Catter Day. See you next time. Bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>